Town Radio Minutes on the air. I'm Gene George. I'm Brody Foster Hubbard. This is uh, episode uh, two of Tuesday. Tuesday. Lauren Tuesday. Your, your cruise director, Julie McClay. Tuesday Weld? No. Dobie Gillis? No. Is she on Dobie Gillis, Tuesday Weld? Tuesday Weld, yeah. Yeah, she was the hot blonde number on that show. Unless I'm thinking of Tuesday Adams or something. I have my black and white TV shows mixed up. I don't know. Huh. Speaking of television. Right. Let's make this a television Tuesday. Why not? One out of two for Tuesday. Yes. Um, let's talk a little bit about the programs we've been enjoying. We like to do a little pop culture on the show. Do we? <laughs> we do. What are you watching, Gene? Because I got a whole bunch of shows to talk about. Again, as I mentioned on our first episode... It all seems to be a blur. I know we've watched a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Duck <laughs> there's Hunt. Our, there's our... There's our... They, they made a TV show on Duck Hunt and Nintendo Our game. crow outside our neighborhood. That would be a horrible show. Wouldn't it? I think that is probably a show. On Outdoor Life Network. <laughs> um, well, Dexter, American Horror Story, um, Burn Notice, How did Parks you- and Rec... Well, let's talk about those first three. How did you like their season finales? Because um, I watched two of the three shows. I know of the American Horror Stories finale. Um, man, Dexter kind of sucked. You weren't happy with the finale? Well, this is all spoilers, everybody. So yeah, you can skip yeah. to Wednesdays if you, uh, you don't want to be spoiled on these TV shows. Well, I'm not going to spoil anything per se. I, well, I, I probably will, but I'm, but but my 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 problem with it is that I guess the twist ending about Ten episodes before it happened. Right. So, like, episode two of Dexter this season, I figured out the twist ending. Um, uh, now you're talking... Not the season finale, but the big twist ending. The big twist of the, the arc. Yes, this season. Arc. The arc. This yeah, season. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had that figured out a long fucking yeah, time. Yeah, I think a lot of people I Because I am brilliant. Yeah. Um, it just made the rest of the... It just made the rest of the season me tapping my foot waiting for, waiting for it to happen. Right. Um... I I um I only knew because other people figured it out and then blogged about it because I had no idea. <laughs> right. I just yeah I I don't know man I mean I guess I'm curious to see what happens next season mm-hmm. but not too much. Okay. You know you know not a lot. Um boy I you know I I think the the show was at its peak um in the John Lithgow season. So I kind of just accept every other well, season since then with a grain of salt. I think I think the Lithgow season looked better than it was because the Jimmy Smith season was so shitty. <laughs> oh, and I liked the Smith season. But... <laughs> yeah, I don't know, dude. Um, yeah, uh, so I've made my peace with American Horror Story. Now, this is also not going to be spoilers, but we can say that um, the whole the second season is a entire going to be an entirely new story. That the first season was a self-contained arc, and they're doing all new characters, some of the same actors for the second season. Really? Yeah, they have ended the story that was introduced in the first season. Oh, with, so they are going to do that. That kind of sucks. With the season finale. Well, it's not. With, I don't. I think there's stuff they left open though, or that's on purpose. Though. Well, every story has. Loose ends. Yeah, except for the fact. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> now, I didn't watch it. It didn't seem like a kind of show I'd be into once I found out what it was about. I do like horror anthology shows, though, but I like them to be episodic, like you know, standalone Twilight each episode. Yeah. yeah. Or um, a night 
what is that show with the Henry Rollins that hosted Night Terror or Night Vision? Whatever. These yeah. Um, or a Monsters. Or a Monsters. Yes. Or a Tales from the Dark Side. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> oh, really? Uh, okay, because that's what we were speculating. Earlier on, we were speculating on that, that that's how they would do it. Uh-huh. Because, I'll tell you right now, not really spoiling anything, if more people die in that house, that place is going to be fucking crowded. <laughs> it's already pretty crowded. Um, oh, okay, so I didn't realize that that's how they were going to do it. Did the season uh, uh, end with them singing uh, Harry Belafonte songs? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It did turn into Beetlejuice. <laughs> it really did. Um... <laughs> Um. Yeah. And then uh, Burn Notice. Um, mm-hmm. Did you like where it went with the finale? Basically, there's a a character who is in some legal jeopardy now mm-hmm. at, at the end of the the season. Um. You know, it's funny. It's funny. I I really like Burn Notice and I have since the very beginning. This season, like, kind of just took a dump for me about halfway through. We had like the last couple episodes of Burn Notice sitting on our Kiva for quite a while before we picked it back up. It's okay. I mean, again, I'm just kind of like, well, let's see where they go with it. I'm, but I'm not as excited as I was about it in previous seasons or even previous finales. See, I think for a show that it needs a formula. I mean, it has a formula by design as far as right. you know these cases of the week and stuff. And then they have each season has a standalone. I mean, they're not standalone, but a uh, overarching yeah thing. Right. Um, I think they find new ways to reinvent it and find new ways to do the same kind of stories, and I like it, and I right. like how the, you know sometimes the stakes change uh, at season finales and season opening. Yeah, so we'll see. I mean, you know, I, I, I don't know. I like Jerry Burns. Um, I, I liked him on Breaking Bad, and I like him on this. And uh, I actually was kind of up in the air. Like, I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know if... Um, the character who is in Legal Jeopardy at the end, I didn't know if that person was going to be off the show. I didn't know if they were going to get killed. Right. I, I thought there was a, a bunch of things that might happen because right. they were hinting at, you know, dire straits for the character. Yeah. So. Yeah, I get you. I mean, I, 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 I'm, I just, yeah, you know, I'm just trying to be, have some more, like, emotion about it, and I really don't. That's mm-hmm. the thing. I used to really, really like that show. Yeah. So it's just kind of like, oh, I just, we'll, we'll see where it goes. If I have, you know. Free time when it shows back up, mm-hmm. I'll certainly watch it. It's on the TV, though. It's good. Sure. Fun, so. sure. Meh. All right. Well, I, I watched a lot of Pawn Stars and Storage Wars over the oh, holidays. For fuck's sake, <laughs> And in their sequels, Storage Wars Texas and Pawn Stars Cajun Pawn Stars. For fuck's sake, why, Brody? Because <laughs> it's fun. You get a little history. You learn some Do things. Do you get a little history? Yes. Oh, God. And then... um. Portlandia and Portlandia. Todd Margaret started back up Portlandia. on ISC. Yes, absolutely, Portlandia. We watched Portlandia. Portlandia is great. Yep. Um, I like Wild Flag. Uh, I like a little Slater Kinney. I like Carrie Brownstein. And I've always been a Fred Armisen fan. Um, I think the, what the show does is great. I like the people that pop up on it. Um, Katie Davidson, who was uh, Dear Nora. Um, Port, she's a Portland musician. Um, originally from Cape Creek, Arizona, she popped up on an episode, so that was kind of funny for me to see her in a bar. Very influential musician for me. I, I actually cried in front of her what her music meant to me, and it was really embarrassing. <sighs> years ago. But anybody anybody in the, the Phoenix, Arizona scene knows who I'm talking about. And knows, knows about when you cry. In Portland. 
Anyone uh, in the no, 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 not that specific incident. <laughs> oh, I think so. But it's funny to see like these Portland people, you know, pop up. Right. Um, in, on a show, in a show about Portland. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Unexpected. <laughs> completely, completely out of the out of the ordinary. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, let me tell you about this. I, I, oh, well, yeah, I'll let you. I was venting about this today. Yeah. Um I love the Onion AV Club. I read it more than I read the actual Onion. And the person who reviews Todd Margaret is clueless. They, I, I haven't read the review. I, I, and I, I've only really watched a couple episodes of Todd Margaret. They don't get, like, what's going on. Um, it, it brings to mind, there's an old uh, David Chase anecdote where they were asking him about the end of The, the Sopranos right. and then the final scene. And he's like, this is all I'm going to tell you about as far as reading into stuff. And David Chase relayed the story where him and his girlfriend at the time saw Planet of the Apes in, in the theater, and the very first actual Charlton Heston Planet sure. of the Apes. Um, and at the end, uh, after they were walking out of the theater, he goes, oh, so their planet has a Statue of Liberty, too. And, you know, everybody laughed. Like, you know, sometimes people don't get it. Right. This critic of Todd Margaret doesn't get it. Right. Um, He's watching it completely for instance, there's a whole subplot... Give us a for instance, ready? There's a whole subplot about Todd Margaret, Dave Cross's character, um, trying and his, to... And his increasingly poor decision. Yes, trying to impress Alice, sure. the cafe owner who right. wants to have a... Baby? No. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just trying to finish the sentence. Molecular... Biology. Gastro... Molecular gastronomy. Pub or whatever. Yeah, gastropub. Yeah. Um... So there's one point where he goes out of his way to go to the big restaurant Le Molecule. I don't know if that's a real place or no, not. I don't think it is. Um, and try to get her a job. Right. You get a job on her behalf and stuff. Sure. And it's very funny because he's. Um, it brings back to mind an old Mr. Show skit where they gave a guy a chance to be in a band because he was dying, and they told <laughs> the other band members like, you know, this kid's dying. He doesn't know how yeah, to play right, guitar. Right. So there's a similar joke where he's like, well, she's, you know, dying, and so she needs, you know, you, you got to give her a chance to work at this, you know, and it's just him, the whole thing is about him being a liar. So the critic says, and I can't believe I'm just complaining about an internet review on, a, you should. on the podcast. That's no, okay. You should but, do, 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 it in a, do it in a comment, <laughs> like everyone else. <laughs> but the critic is like, suddenly, after visiting this uh, gastropub, the character suddenly remembers that Amy, the character's name Alice, suddenly remembers that Amy wants to work at this pub and tries to get her a job. It's like they did this out of the blue. No, they, they've established him yeah. doing things for her. They've established that he likes her a lot and he's using his lies and try to like do Give stuff. Yeah. And um, I actually think it's one of the sweeter parts of this very flawed character. But... He doesn't get it. And then there was something else, that it, and I don't want to give away this big spoiler for, but there's somebody definitely pulling the strings behind these poor decisions that Todd Margaret makes. There's somebody pulling the strings for these horrible situations he's getting into. They're increasingly poor as well. Yes. And the, char the critic was surprised that um, the character played by... Um, Arrested Development Will and Up All Nights, Will, Will Arnett. Will, Will Arnett. And Running Wilds, Will this Arnett. Is, I'm starting to get sick, so I can do a good Will Arnett impression. <laughs> it's surprised that Will Arnett... An asshole? <laughs> his character is beginning to suspect that there some, might be somebody pulling so, the strings. That there's increasingly poor decisions coming out of Todd Margaret? The critic was like, 
Suddenly, Will Arnett's like, "Come on, <laughs> <laughs> this is a sixteen hundred dollars suit." And he's like, "The the critic actually wrote it's as after it's as if the writers are trying to just push the plot forward." <laughs> what do writers do, jackass? They push the plot forward. They they uh, what do writers do? They drink and uh, and chain smoke in front of uh, Underwood typewriters and Hollywood bungalows <laughs> with uh, with little film noir slap lights from the from the Venetian blinds across their face, don't they? Is that what they do? <laughs> Uh, the, I think we need to, I think we need to pull this back a little bit. Uh, I think you're getting a little. The Battleship Pretension guys, great podcast. Sure. They talk about movies and they appear on Paul Goebel's podcast, talk sure. about TV. Uh, Tyler Smith, I believe it was Tyler Smith. It might have been David. Might have been Tyler Durden. Uh, had mentioned how it's not film or television criticism to criticize the steps that a narration takes narrative. to move a, a narrative. To move a plot forward, like you can't criticize the very act of storytelling. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, I, I handed Brody a piece of orange. Yes, uh, carrot, carrot, orange. Um, also known as a uh, cutie. A cutie. Like name, name, name a movie like, or name a TV show. We'll talk about Parks and Rec really quick. You mentioned Park, that. Parks, Parks and Recreation. Yeah. I can't believe the writers are having Leslie Nope run for city council. You sound un- unsure about that. Yes, you're correct. But then the writers have the campaign have problems? That's so contrived. No, like, that's the point of a story. Conflict and, like... Drama. Like, people who don't understand how you tell a story shouldn't be critics. And my, my, my daughter, probably you can't hear it on the mic, but my daughter agrees. I agree. I agree. We should... Uh, we're at 13 minutes. <laughs> so all that is to say that it is ridiculous for a so-called critic to find problem with the very nature of laying out a story. Right. Like, you can't say that they're just making the whole, contriving the whole thing so that Michael Corleone has to take over the family. Like, duh. Well, maybe he just missed the fact that this has been one of the major thrusts of the show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that seems to me to be <clears throat> what had to have happened. Yeah. Because, like I said, I've watched, like, an episode and a half of Todd Margaret, and I know that she's into molecular gastronomy and chemistry, and, you know, she wants to get in her pants. Mm-hmm. So I- I've paid attention to the point where I know those two things. Yeah. So when somebody says, and then he just decides, it's like, no, you remembered from, and and if you think about it, it's like two weeks so far. the 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 arc of the show will be two weeks of his life. Right. So it happened like the day before yesterday. It's not even like you can say last year she mentioned in passing that she likes molecular gastronomy. <laughs> it's like when he was in her cafeteria like two days before she and they had a conversation that lasted like a half hour. She talked about that. You know, it's not like yeah. something that, you know, you could slip by. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> um, I'm not a huge fan of the Todd Margaret. That's unfortunate. I think it's really I thought good. I would like it. I thought I would like it. I wanted to like it. You know what, though? You're not a big fan of that awkward cringe Absolutely. humor. Absolutely. And I, I love it. I was going to say that. I'm just, I can't. It's too much. There's too yeah. much of it. Yeah. I love that stuff. So, uh, so you know, whatever. Uh, hmm. 
Yeah, well, that's all I have to say. So we can agree critics are full of shit. Critics are, are indeed full of shit. Including us. I'm not criticizing it. <laughs> I refrain from criticizing anyone ever. And you know what? <laughs> that's what we're going to talk about Lying. on our next episode. <laughs> Lying. We're going to talk a lot about criticizing people on our next uh, Shakedown Radio. I think we should. Until next time, I'm Gene George. And I am Brody Foster Hubbard. Bye-bye. You can find us on the internet at shakytownradio.com. You can Twitter us at at shakytownradio. You can like us on Facebook at our Facebook page, facebook.com slash shakytownradio. Send us an email at shakytownradio at gmail.com or call us on the Shakytown Radio hotline at 626-66-SHAKE. That's 667-4253. That's the same number. The song today is Magic Box by the band Helium. This track was off of the Half Cock soundtrack. You can find that on Matador Records.